Hey folks, this is John Lawrence with another episode of From the Head of the Bed, a podcast for the anesthesia community. I want to give you a couple updates and shout outs right off the bat today. There's still time to register for an upcoming weekend wilderness medicine class I'm teaching. It's going to be October 20th this year, and it's a Knowles Wilderness Medicine for the Professional Practitioner course. I'm teaching it with my good friend, Sarah Nelson, who's an excellent educator and emergency medicine physician here in Portland, Maine. We've both taught for Knowles Wilderness Medicine for over 10 years, and these are pretty incredible courses uh, that you can build on your current knowledge and learn how to manage a range of medical, traumatic, and environmental emergencies when you're in a remote environment with limited resources. We're hosting the course this year at the beautiful Flagstaff Hut of the Maine Hudson Trails Network. We're offering 16 hours of Category 1 CME for this course, and all lodging and meals are included. It's going to be an awesome weekend to get away uh, for everybody who makes it. So the links to course registration are in the show notes of this episode. I'll also be teaching with Cornerstone Anesthesia Conferences in Scottsdale, Arizona at the end of February 2018. It's a four-day CRNA-only conference offered for 20 Class A credits. I'm super pumped about the topics I'll be speaking on in February. You might hear more about them in the coming months on the podcast as I dive a little bit deeper into the literature. Uh, I'll be talking about airway management, ERAS, neuromuscular blockade and reversal, and the use of ketamine, as well as leadership in emergencies. It's going to be sweet. So check that out. Uh, Registration links are in the show notes. Again, if you come to either of these conferences because you heard about it here, drop me an email and I'll let you know, uh, or let me know that you're coming, and then I'll bring you a small token of appreciation from the podcast. I want to give a shout out to Alan Hugh, Jason Riley, Professor Ian Hewer, and Dr. Mark Kosick for the publication of their article in the AANA Journal this month on perioperative antibiotic administration. These are two of my cohort classmates from Anesthesia School and two of my professors at Western Carolina University. So nice job on the article, fellas. Also, the AANA's annual Congress is just a couple weeks away over the weekend of September the 8th out in Seattle. Uh, Best wishes to all the SRNAs and CRNAs going this year. It's such a fantastic time to meet folks from around the nation and get fired up about your practice. So hope you all have a good time. So uh, that's it for the updates and shout outs. And let's get on to the show. So this show highlights the article I wrote for the AANA News Bulletin. It's going to hit your mailboxes this week, the first week of September 2017, and it's titled SRNAs, Key Tips for Transitioning to Practice. Now, the article follows a podcast I put out back in February of 2016, simply titled Transitioning to Practice. It's episode number 25 if you want to go listen to it. In the article and on the other podcast, which I won't repeat here, I talk about the last six months of anesthesia school, including tips for mastering boards. I touch on transitioning out of school. And I give some advice for the first six months of your clinical practice. So check out the article in the former podcast. Uh, There's a lot of great info in both of those things. What I want to do today is delve a little bit deeper on a couple of these areas and give you some stories that might help illuminate this time of transitioning to practice for the SRNAs and new grads listening. This might also help the experienced CRNAs think about the advice that you give to new grads that you'll be working with. So all right. First, let's chat about attitude. So I had this cheesy motivational speaker in high school that formed an entire speech around the idea that if you assign a numeral to each letter in the alphabet, uh, and and in each letter an attitude, so if A was one and B was two, and then you apply that to the word attitude, it all adds up to 100. Uh, The math checks out, by the way. And his point was that attitude is 100% of what matters in life. 
And as cheesy as that is, in a way, he had a point. So thanks, motivational speaker from high school. In all honesty, developing the right attitude is super key to a successful career and really a happy life. I know this sounds cheesy, but stick with me. So at Knowles and Landmark Learning, the two outdoor education schools I teach for, we emphasize that learning anything requires focusing not only on developing the requisite knowledge base and skill set, but also the right attitude as well. You know this. You can work with the best cardiothoracic surgeon around, but if he or she is a complete jerk, it almost doesn't matter how technically good or brilliant they are. Same goes for your anesthesia professors, your chief CRNA and department leadership. You know, there's, there's the work that you do or the work that anybody does, and then there's the way that you do it. So attitude, like my high school motivational speaker said, really does shape everything. In life, you basically have the opportunity to choose who you want to be in this world. I certainly understand the influence of the environment to shape behavior, but you always have the choice in how you will respond to your environment. You have incredible capacity, incredible potential and power to influence not only the trajectory of your own life through your decisions and attitude, but also the people around you. So what does this actually mean? As an SRNA, as a new grad, as a preceptor or mentor, I encourage you to develop a growth mindset about your career and skill set. Carol Dweck is a psychologist at Stanford University. She wrote a whole book on it. I'll link to it in the show notes along with her TED Talk on developing a growth mindset. But what this means is that you see your situation as fluid and not static. Your intelligence, your capacity, your ability to grow and change and adapt. There are seasons in life and you don't have to be the same person season to season. The way things are is not the way things always have to be. You may feel easily overwhelmed as an SRNA. You may still feel overwhelmed as a new grad CRNA. You may feel like you're never going to be able to develop the skills and knowledge that uh, will get you to where you want to be. But think about it this way. The degree to which the mountain is steep is the degree to which, and more, that you have the capacity to grow and learn to climb. So go easy on yourself at first. I've heard this from so many CRNAs that I've talked to about doing this podcast. They wanted me to tell you to go easy on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Anesthesia school is as long as it is because it takes a few years to become competent uh, in, in what you're learning. Once you're out and working as a CRNA, it can take months to feel comfortable managing patients and learning the nuances of the new practice environment that you're in. So work hard, look things up, keep learning and pushing yourself but be kind to yourself along the way. Take care of yourself in terms of having balance. I just released a podcast on wellness with Christine Hahn. She's an emergency medicine physician and director of provider wellness and peer support at Maine Medical Center. She shared a story where a year out of residency, she was ready to call it quits. She was overworked and overwhelmed. Figured it had been a good run, her career in emergency medicine, and she was ready to go do something else. She reached out to an advisor of hers that happened to know that she was a pretty big distance runner. and uh, That advisor asked how long it had been since she had gone on a run. And she was surprised at first, thinking she didn't have time to go on a run. But then she saw what he meant. She had let something go that was really important to her. And in order to lead a healthy life, in order to cope with the challenges of a new career in emergency medicine, she needed to maintain balance in the rest of her life and take care of herself along the way. And that meant working distance running back into her life. 
it takes time to develop the skills and knowledge to become a CRNA. And just because you pass boards and you get your license doesn't mean that you've made it across the finish line. In fact, you're just getting started. So you have the ability to grow and to meet the challenges that you're going to face as a new grad. Uh, so be kind to yourself along the way. You also have an incredible capacity to influence the people around you with your attitude. Healthcare can be a vicious world. I've met some of the most condescending, arrogant, egotistical, and insecure, and really outright mean people that I've ever met in healthcare. You don't have to be like that. You can rise above. You can cut through all of that and meet the arrogant and egotistical person with your gracious competence and the beat down medical students, SRNAs, and other staff with your encouragement and validation. I mean, you've seen that. The viciousness and condescension that's aimed at students, learners, and new staff, and people in roles that some consider beneath them. I heard a nurse in the OR just this last week ask a new guy where he was from, and he said that he was a traveler, a surgical tech, I think. And the nurse said in front of everyone, oh, well, I don't have to learn your name then, and then went on about her business. I was blown away. I thought that's incredibly rude to say to someone who really is a visitor in your shop. Uh, so anyway, I could go on about how caustic of an environment the OR can be, uh, but I want you to know that you have the choice every day to decide who you want to be in the OR. You have the power to build people up or tear them down. You have the choice to cave when condescension is thrown towards you or to politely counter with your competence and a positive attitude, reminding the egotist and other people in the room to play nicely in the sandbox. You have the power to affirm the proverbial food chain and to make sure others know their low place on the totem pole, or you can reach out to learners and new staff and build them up and validate their participation in the great square dance of healthcare. So one last point on attitude. At Knowles, we talk about this thing called expedition behavior. Knowles provides people the opportunity to go on expeditions around the world and not only learn how to climb, paddle, trek, sail, and so on, but how to live in a functional community and gain valuable leadership and life skills along the way. Expedition behavior is the concept that informs best practices, per se, of human interaction. It speaks to how to show up and support the mission of the team. As a new CRNA, some of those practices might include avoiding complaining, offering to take assignments that are challenging or unattractive, being prompt with your breaks and lunches, offering to stay late to finish a case, uh, especially when it's best for the patient. It's supporting the mission of the team over just your own personal gain. It's asking, how can I support you to other CRNAs, the surgical team, and the department and hospital at large? That's expedition behavior. So, all right, moving on from attitude. A couple more things I want to touch on. Remember that the anesthesia community is small. So don't burn bridges unless they're really worth it because the bridge you end up burning may be your own. Be careful about grabbing a job and then jumping ship too early. Carefully evaluate what you find important in a job. And when you take your first job, consider staying on for at least a year or two before you move on. These folks will likely invest a lot of time and money getting you oriented to their practice. It's a sign of respect to give your employer an honest commitment of your time before you leave the practice. That's not to say you can't leave before a year if something changes, but be honest and communicate well with your chief CRNA or whoever your director is. Also, 
carefully evaluate just how greener the grass is on the other side of whatever job change you're looking at. You don't want to leave a job and in short order be in the position of wanting to get back to where you were, especially if you burnt that bridge on the way out the door. All right, let's chat about debt and money. First, I want to say that I'm not a financial advisor. There are folks out there who are a lot smarter than I am and have a wider view of CRNA stories and financial management than I do. There's books published specifically on financial advice for CRNAs. You're probably way better off to turn off this podcast and go read something from a legitimate source. But for those of you who have nothing better to do and haven't received your financial planning book in the mail yet, I guess you can keep listening. I'll give you what I know and what I've heard from other CRNAs. By the way, Jeremy Stanley is one of the guys that runs a company that offers financial services and planning specifically for CRNAs. He contributed to an earlier podcast on this show. It's number 18, and it's on the business of freelancing as a CRNA. So be sure to check that one out. Some of you will get through school with no debt, which is amazing. Many of you have made significant commitments to the military. Others have worked super hard to save money and to work during school. you know, Or otherwise, you find yourself in a situation where you're just not in debt at the end of school. That's an amazing situation, and I hope that you stay debt-free moving forward. For the rest of us, paying off student loans and making other huge financial decisions such as buying a house or a car, starting and raising a family, and planning for savings and retirement can be super challenging. For many CRNAs, it feels like becoming a CRNA took forever. It feels like you're really old, and all your friends have been living their lives, and now it's time for you to catch up. There's also this social pressure to live in a nice neighborhood, to buy a big house, to get a nice car, and all of the other trappings of capitalism and showing off your socioeconomic status. I'm not saying that's you or that's what you're going to do. I'm just saying that that's the pressure that our society puts on folks. That pressure is also in the operating rooms. There are plenty of CRNAs, anesthesiologists, surgeons, and other staff who spend their money on expensive things and like to talk about it. I want to encourage you and encourage us because I'm right there with you as a mid 30 something year old uh, new grad CRNA to keep thinking about the long term. You potentially have a long career ahead of you. The decisions you make today as a new grad CRNA will have just as big of an impact on your future as the decision you made a decade ago to become a CRNA. So here's the gist. Pay off your debt as fast as possible. Limit your discretionary spending, meaning spend way less than you make, and plan for retirement early and massively. By the way, I want to throw in a quick note on disability insurance. Talking about it is not fun, but neither is being a disabled CRNA with limited to no income. So your career might actually be really short. You could get hurt in a way that ends your ability to practice as a CRNA. So look into disability insurance, either through your group and or with an independent insurance provider. The AANA provides supplemental disability insurance for members that many people find very valuable. Becoming a disabled CRNA is a risk to your income, to your family's income, and to your future. It's up to you to weigh that risk and act appropriately. I don't want to be a fear monger. We had a disability insurance sales guy who would frequent our program to talk about the grim accidents and disabilities that some CRNAs have faced. All of his stories were true, 
but they were also the statistical minority of cases given all CRNAs. Either way, you should sit down and think about disability insurance. Have a plan set in place and then move on with the rest of your financial planning. Probably the single best thing that you can do upon graduation is not substantially increase your debt load and discretionary spending. Don't go out and buy an expensive car and a big house. And this should definitely go without saying, don't run up credit cards once you're out of school. It's hard to aggressively pay down student loans, invest in meaningful ways for your retirement, while maxing out your discretionary income on a big mortgage, car payments, fancy vacations, and so on. Be smart now with your finances, with your nutrition and exercise, in your relationships, and your well-being in general. Your 60-year-old self will thank you. Adopt a mentality that being debt-free is possible and worth it. Paying interest is only helping someone else get rich and retire early on your long hours and your hard work. Most of you will have massive student loans. Pay them off. You're bankrupt until you're debt-free. That being said, you will likely have the capacity to maximize your allowed contributions to your retirement plan while you're paying your debt off. That's generally a good idea. Set your automatic contributions to your retirement plan so that you hit the maximum contribution limit every year right off the bat. If you do this, you won't miss the income and your retirement account will accrue faster than you think. Also, side note, think about managing your retirement account so that what you're retiring in lines up with your personal values and goals. Uh, it's a, I know this is a little bit of a value-based way of thinking about money, but hey, you vote with your dollars. And when you dump your money just into the stock market, you could be potentially investing in things that if you actually knew what they were, you wouldn't really want to invest in those companies. So uh, if you're into it, dig a little bit deeper and find some things that you feel good about investing in, I'll say. All right, so set your retirement contributions and then let's think about some other things. So I want you to recognize the privilege that you have as a high income earner. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. Yes, you're in debt up to your eyeballs. So your net worth is probably negative, maybe to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars if you combine your student loans and you throw a mortgage on top of the pile. But your income is significant. It's like starting in a really deep hole of debt, but you have truckloads of dirt coming in to help you fill it. So first, stop digging the hole. Don't go into more debt. Don't blow your money. Use the incredible tools at your disposal, your significant income, and your brilliant common sense to climb out of that hole and to create a positive net worth and plan for the future. Check out the Death, Sex, and Money podcast on student loans. It's called Death, Sex, and Money. It's a whole series on super interesting things, but they've got two shows that focus on student loans in particular. They're incredible. Several young professionals tell their stories about struggling to pay off student debt. It'll help you gain perspective to hear others Talk about their choices in terms of education, careers, uh, raising families, the challenges that they face, and what their priorities are in terms of financial management. Everyone's story is different. You know, but here's, here's what's true about most CRNAs. 
you have an incredible capacity to make impactful financial decisions. Limit your discretionary spending, pay off your debt, and plan like you actually want to retire someday. A CRNA friend of mine graduated with $210,000 just in student loan debt. She's maximizing her contributions to retirement every year. She's given back to her family in some really incredible ways. And she's planning on being debt-free in four years. You heard that right. Started with $210,000 in student loan debt, maximizing contributions to retirement, debt-free in four years. That's the plan. So it's possible. It's totally up to you what your goals are and how aggressively you pay your student debt off. But it is possible to get out of debt. So seek counseling. Read a book. People don't show up knowing how to manage money. Set aside some time earlier in your career, like now, to work on your finances and your long-term benefits will be huge. All right, a couple last notes on money. Don't be a jerk when talking about money. Seems simple enough. You're going to work alongside folks in the OR who make way more money than you do. And you'll work along folks who make way less money than you do. Be respectful and discreet. There are plenty of high income earners who want to talk about their discretionary spending. Don't be one of them. Have some dignity and respect for the other people that you're working with. Lastly, consider giving back through the AANA Foundation and the Political Action Committee. The AANA has paved the road that we all walk on as CRNAs. If each of us remains active members in the AANA and give back, annually both to the foundation and the political action committee or the PAC, the future of CRNA practice, like Juan Quintana likes to say, will indeed be brilliant. Those who have gone before us have given their time, effort, and money to create the foundation, to create the association, and indeed to create the careers that we now all enjoy. So consider giving back just as the seasoned CRNAs who have gone before us have. I've got a quick word on politics, then one last idea, and then we're going to wrap the show up. Many of you probably have discovered at some point in your training, if not before, that anesthesia care in the United States is very politically charged. I don't want to say too much about that right here, other than we need dedicated people in every area of anesthesia. Education, political advocacy, business, research, and clinical practice. I really encourage everyone to get informed about the legislation and economic policies that govern and influence anesthesia practice. I mean, this is what you do. So learn about what's going on in the world and and what influences your actual practice environment. The more informed you are, the better off you'll be when the topic comes up. For some of you, politics will be your jam. That's awesome. It's going to be what you get into, what gets you fired up, and we need folks like you. Be kind and professional, always, when you're advocating for CRNAs. You know, for others of you, the politics of healthcare can seem like a huge bummer and just a a massive energy suck. It can just be such a drain. For you, I encourage you to find something else that gets you fired up. So give back to the PAC and move on with your career in other ways. And that brings me to my last point. I want to touch on an area of transitioning to practice that is super near and dear to my heart. And that's goal setting and professional growth over your career. Sounds kind of nerdy, but check this out. 
Your career is what you make it. If you're not happy, make a change. If you want to move in a particular direction, simply begin moving in that direction. It might not be easy. It'll probably be scary. You might make some mistakes, but I can guarantee you that you're going to end up in a different place than where you started. Most folks at the end of their lives wish that they risked more when they had the opportunity to do so. As a CRNA, there's all kinds of things that you might want to get involved in. Maybe you want to join a specialty team, like doing liver transplants, cardiothoracic, pediatrics, trauma, so on. Maybe you want to do blocks. Maybe you want to move towards a practice that you can build a satisfying regional anesthesia practice in. You might want to open up your own anesthesia business or become an independent practitioner, work 1099, float around and do locums. Maybe it's travel assignments, returning to school for a DNP or a PhD. Maybe you want to get involved in politics, maybe even run for office someday. You could do association leadership, education, research. Maybe it's not anesthesia. Maybe you want to develop a hobby in a more substantial way. Maybe you want to go sail or travel solo, learn a language, get the band back together, practice an instrument, whatever it might be. Maybe your passion is being present with your kids and family, having babies and staffing lemonade stands. By the way, let me say something on lemonade stands. I love lemonade stands. Real quick. I made a commitment years ago uh, that I was always going to stop at a lemonade stand and get a glass of lemonade. This is this is an amazing practice. I hope in all of this advice, if you do one thing, start stopping at lemonade stands. There is no better way to see absolute joy just erupting than when you pull up to a lemonade stand with like 50 cents in your hand. Kids go crazy. It's amazing. They're so excited to sell you lemonade. So start stopping at lemonade stands. It'll change your life. Recently, I saw a lemonade stand on a little bitty island off the coast of Maine. This is an island. It's a little artist island. It's Monhegan Island off the coast of Maine. There's like 70 people that live on this island year round. Saw a lemonade stand. What do I do? Stopped at it because that's what I do. I stop at lemonade stands. And these kids were pumped. I got a glass of lemonade for 75 cents. I tipped them 25%. Give them a whole dollar. And check this out. They had a little sign that said 10% of their sales, they were going to donate, well, it said 10% to the library. How awesome is that? That's amazing. So anyway, uh, lemonade stands. All right, back on track. We're wrapping this up. Whatever your passion is, whatever, whatever it is that gets you fired up, it is worth developing it. You've worked hard as a CRNA. Now you've got discretionary income and time to get back to some other things or to delve deeper into your CRNA practice. I have a friend in the Midwest who, upon graduating from CRNA school, began studying business like he studied anesthesia during school. Within a couple of years, he opened his own anesthesia company and now his group staffs several hospitals and runs an independent pain management service. It's amazing. I hope to get him on the show at some point to talk about how to open and run an independent CRNA business. I think that would be awesome. All right, I want to share this quote from a guy who just wrapped up anesthesia school this May at Western Carolina University, my alma mater. He joined an independent CRNA practice following school, and this is what he had to say. Transitioning to an all-CRNA practice as a new grad is definitely a big step. With that kind of learning curve, it's important that A, the program you attended has prepared you for independent practice, and B, you feel prepared yourself for independent practice. Being confident and well-prepared for nerve blocks and neuraxial was an absolute must for the particular practice I landed in 
as we block about anything we can and the variety of blocks we do on a daily basis still astounds me. But skills aside, being comfortable with OB management and in general critical thinking on my own has proven to be invaluable during the 2am trauma or crash c-section. Having a good mentor or mentors is also vital. The chief here has been an incredible resource in making my transition as seamless as possible. Really, the whole team here has made the transition easier than I had initially thought. Some sticky note tips. Always be humble and polite. Be ready to hit the ground running and be quick to adapt to a new pace and a new way of doing things. Pay attention. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And no question is a stupid question. When you come to a crossroads in a decision, ask yourself what is best slash safest for the patient and do that thing. Stay up to date with the most evidence-based practice and don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone to try new things. So there you go. I love his sticky note tips. So in closing, whether you're in school, a new grad, or an experienced CRNA, think about where you want to go and begin making plans to get there. As I said in the News Bulletin article, a good life is the culmination of thousands of little choices made well. You made an excellent choice to become a CRNA. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Keep setting a trajectory in your decision-making that creates the life that you have imagined. Show kindness to others, spend less than you make, develop hobbies outside of work that are rewarding, give back, go big, live the dream, save lives, and of course, have fun. I want to thank the folks at the AANA Health and Wellness Team and the folks at the association who work hard to produce the AANA News Bulletin. Julie and Victoria at AANA, y'all have been great and thank you for the opportunity to write for the News Bulletin and for the encouragement to develop this podcast on transitioning to practice. Y'all are awesome. So thanks folks for checking out the show. Tell your friends, pass it along, and I'll see you next time.